I will never forget the room I was in. I will never forget uh, the feeling I had inside um, when uh, Lori and I had been broken up for about a month. I was 16 years old, and I got a phone call, and she said, uh, hey, I said, hey, what's up? Uh, she goes, I just thought you should know. I don't expect anything from you. Um, you don't owe me anything, but uh, I'm pregnant. I remember, first of all, I remember all the fake things I said to her at that time. Um, and I remember that night just thinking through, wait a minute, what does this do uh, to my life? What does this do to the future? What, what? Uh, I thought, like, how could this ha All that goes on into looking into the future and wait a minute, what does this mean? What, what, what's going forward? And uh, we're starting a series called Peter Pan, uh, living in a world where there are no adults. And uh, one of the things that we are beginning to see, not beginning to see, it's become full-fledged, is that uh, adulthood, it's called adulting, is, it's really looked down upon. Um, and as we jump into this series, <clears throat> uh, I want to read a little something here that uh, it's, it's five reasons or four reasons why people don't want to grow up. It says uh, they're afraid of autonomy and aloneness. They, they believe if I have to go off as an adult, I will be alone, and then the responsibility is on me. That growing up uh, is no more fun. Now, this one is entirely false. Uh, the first one is false as well. They're actually all false. But this one, it's mega false. The idea is that if you can go to Neverland, if you can go to a place where you don't have to worry about anybody telling you what to do, that will, then you'll always have fun. And nothing could be further from the truth. Number three, a few positive examples. You've had very, very few positive examples of happy adulthood. In popular media, can you think of a few examples in which adulthood is seen in positive light? In TV shows and movies, most adults are seen as either haggard shells of their former selves or laughingstocks, while young people are vibrant and having the time of their lives. The next one is vanity. How many people do you know who are obsessed with maintaining their youthful appearance? It's a, const it's, <clears throat> it's a constant in pretty much every culture on the planet, and one that beauty, the beauty industry capitalizes fiercely. People are constantly inundated with the message that youth and beauty are the only real attributes, and that aging is something to be fought against at all costs. Lest youth succumb to wrinkles and sagging and all other things that go along with the natural aging process. The elderly are vilified rather than revered. And lastly, death absolutely terrifies them. They're very afraid of the future of death. Everybody knows it's coming. Let's try and stay away, far away from that as we, as we can. So as we jump into this series, my wife, uh, Lori, she asked uh, a few people, like, he's going to do this series on Peter Pan. How do you think it's going to go? And people were like, ah, I'm not so sure it's going to be so good. Have you ever had anybody say to you, come on, man, grow up. Would you just grow up? What's the matter with you? Grow up. 
Has that ever been said to you in a positive light? So, I am saying, I am going to end up saying that to you. I don't want to lie to you. But not in the tone that you've heard in the past. And almost all the messages that we do here, I, 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 I try to bring God's word to your life so you can apply it directly to your life. With this series, I really want you to step back. Because you're in the middle of this. And it's very common for people to say, oh, it's always been that the older generation says this about the younger generation. It's been that way forever. Okay, that's true. What we are going through has not been going on forever. The constant change that we are in and the drive to live in Neverland, it's not been like this before. You're, you're in something that's pretty new. And so I am trusting that if you'll step back, take a look at what God's Word has to say, take a look at what is going on in the world that we live in, you're going to find some principles that are really going to help you and some principles that are going to really help your children because it's not going to slow down. The, the world is not going to stop going in the direction that it's going. It's, we, we need to prepare for it to continue to go that way. And so, uh, as we do, let me read a, a bit of this to you. The theme behind this series, as we live, we live in a world without adults, from the highest level of leadership to parents, uh, people are living for today and not accepting the responsibility of being disciplined so the next generation can do better. There is no way to say, there's no one to say, hey, that's wrong. Why? Because it's wrong. It's not healthy. We're not going to do it. There is, <clears throat> there is no one saying we will sacrifice today because it's better for everyone tomorrow. This is the opposite of, Jesus, of what Jesus called us to do and to be. He takes the suffering of life and he uses it to help us to grow up so that we're not tossed all over the place by lies. So what I'm asking you to do is take a step back. Look at the principles our culture lives by. Me and happiness comes first. Anything goes as long as it makes you feel good. God centers his life around you. When I do wrong, it is someone else's fault. And you have to get, forgive me without any consequences. So what I want you to do is take a look back at kind of the bigger issues. Along the way... We're going to apply some specific principles to you along the way. But throughout this series, what I want us to do is to be able to, to, to wrestle with these. I think it's really going to help us to be able to talk to each other. I think it's going to really help you in your parenting, in your work life, being a, a, a better boss as well as a better employee as we work our way through it. So with that, let's jump into what God has to say. And as we do, the question is this. Our, our message titled for today is The Choice That Turns You Into an Adult. What, what's, what is it that would cause you to grow up? What, what helps you or what choices do you make that if you make this choice, you begin to grow up? And so we're going to take a look at a uh, proverb. And this is uh, Proverbs 31. And almost everyone knows this is the Proverbs 31 uh, Woman, and we are going to come and, and read part of that, but I want you to see the first part. As we do, 
I want to challenge you. Can you see the choice that's being made in this proverb that would have caused these people to grow up? Proverbs 31 says, the, king, uh, the words of King Lemuel, so King Lemuel wrote it, an oracle of his mother taught him. Isn't that cool? So on Mother's, Mother's Day, we're going to read something that this king's mom taught to him. It says, what are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? I like that. I really like that, right? I made a vow to someone, and out of that vow has come my son. Do not give your strength to women. It doesn't mean a wife. It means women. Your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink. Lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Pervert the rights? Wait, how does, how does drinking end up perverting the rights of the afflicted? He goes on. Open your mouth. Judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. What choice does a king make? That causes him to grow up. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Have you experienced, all of you have to some degree, have you experienced the results of not having adults in your life? It doesn't mean they weren't by age adults, but they weren't adults. They didn't teach you to do your homework on time. And to this day, you, are, you struggle with discipline. They never taught you to control your tongue. To this day, you hurt people. The rights of the poor and needy are hurt because you can't control your tongue. They never taught you to control your anger. And you've been in multiple trouble. Because they, you never learned how to do that. You never learned how to study. You never learned how. There's various things. Something that's pretty, pretty common in culture now is, is adults who can't cook. Because no one ever taught you. They weren't adults. They just said, would you like to learn how to cook? No. Okay. What happens when that happens? The rights of the poor and the needy. If you're a king, the rights of the poor and the needy are neglected. What is it? What is it that, what choice would he have had to make? Now we're going to jump to the Proverbs 31 woman. As we do, uh, all, every human, every lady I've ever met, every mom I've ever met, who ever read the Proverbs 31 woman, Instantly said, ooh, the standard here, I'm here. Right? Whenever I hear that somebody's going to teach on the Proverbs 31 woman, I always cringe. I'm always like, oh, those poor people. Because they're going to take a look at this list, and they're going to go, that 
If you don't meet that list, you are not it. That's not what it's written for. But there is something about this lady that will reveal this choice that helps us to be able to grow up. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. Are adults people who are worried about the future? Not this one. She's not worried about the future. She, she looks at the future and laughs at it. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Are adults complainers, negative, nasty, bitter? Not this one. She looks well at the way, to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her as well. Many women have done excellently, but you suppress, you suppress them all. Mom, don't compare yourself to this, but I would like to take a little little bit of time and say thank you. This past year has been like for our generation, nothing we've ever come close to seeing. And mom, you were put right in the center of it. One day they said, no school, then we're going to do it this way, and then we're going to do it this way, and we're going to do it this way. And yeah, I know you've never homeschooled at all before, but you're going to now. And you, you all these different things that you have gone through this year. I just want to say thank you through this video. We're closer to the answer.
The next passage says this. The next verse says this. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. So she doesn't have vanity, right? She's not pursuing that I'm worthwhile because I'm beautiful. But she is a woman who fears the Lord. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman who fears the Lord. There's a number of times in the Bible that it says, as it does in Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is the understanding that I answer to God. And that God is two things, maybe three or four. God is, one, the most powerful being in the universe. He is the one I answer to. He also is always right. Whenever you meet someone who is always right and you found them to be full of wisdom, every time you go to them, they give you the right answer, a good answer. In my phone, they move up on my dial. They become the person I'm going to call first. And I may listen to all of your opinions, and then I'm going to call them. To fear the Lord is, hey, this is great, all these things you, you, you think and whatever, but I'm going with what God says. I fear the Lord. If you have done wrong, fear the Lord is, ah, I fear the Lord. If you have done right, he is your protector. Remember when you got in your fight with your brother or your sister and you did the right thing? I can't wait for dad to show up. That's the fear of the Lord. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Here it is. Here's the choice. When I choose to accept my God-given role, when I choose to accept my God-given role, Defined by God's word. And I answer to him as the one who's given me that role. I automatically begin to grow up. It causes you to grow up. Our big idea for the day is this. Children claim rights and freedom all the time. Take them to a grocery store. They think they have a right to this, that, and the other thing. And freedom. Let me run. Let me go. Let me do. Without responsibility. I want to be able to do, but I don't want to be responsible for what comes afterwards. Adults lay down their rights and freedoms to fulfill the role and responsibilities that that role brings. What did King Lemuel do to grow up? He accepted his God-given role, defined by God, to be the king. If you don't accept the role, even though you have the role, if you do not accept the role, then the conversation about drinking goes something like this. Why can't I drink? And who said I can't drink? And did God really say that? If you accept the role of king, then you know you are responsible 
for other people's lives. You know that your actions matter. So the conversation completely changes to, is this going to be best for the people I lead? Is this going to be the best I can do for the people that I lead? The same thing for the Proverbs 31 woman. She accepted her God-given role as a wife. She accepted her God-given role as a mom. And therefore, she made her decision. She, she gave up her rights and her freedoms to fill the role that God had defined for her. What did we learn uh, last week? So the first, the first piece of this is fear God, which is I'm going to accept this role based on what, that it's from God. It's not a role I make up. And it's going to be defined by God, and I answer to God. Last week we learned what matters in life. What really matters in life is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Now, how many of you have been given jobs by your parents, and you didn't like them? And so, but you did do them, because you knew that, it depends on how your parents parented, my parents parented in such a way that when they gave me a task to do, if I did not do that task, there was pain associated with not doing the task. Right? A very simple system. It worked great for me. For me, any other type of thing, I'd just try to manipulate. But that one... But in other words, your reason for carrying out your role was you'd get in trouble if you didn't. You were forced to. Or maybe it was because of reward. Maybe it was because if I get this done, if I can do this, if I get this done, then I'm going to get to go on a trip. I'm going to get to eat this. I'm going to, right? It was one of those two pieces. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Your neighbor is yourself. What if you accept God's, your God-given role because you love God. I bet you've experienced that too. I bet there was times in your life when you said, you know what would really help mom? I'm going to clean up the kitchen without her asking. And you went at it. And you did it with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. You see, that's a joyful adult. A joyful adult says, I'm going to give up my rights, I'm going give to give up my freedoms, and I'm going to go love these people because I love God. And when you do that, you do it with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. These are the choices that turn you into an adult. You do not do the task, you do not take on the role, you focus on the role, not the title. This is really important. I don't know you. I don't know the specific of where you've come from, but I watch this a lot. People love the title. The most 
heartbreaking one is whenever I meet with somebody, I get to talking to him, and, and, and I'll share that, you know I'm pretty cocky about this. I'm actually super proud about it. I got four kids and 13 grandkids. Super proud of it. I'll be talking to them, and the guy will be like, oh, yeah, man, I got three kids and, and seven grandkids. I'm like, oh, wow, tell me about them. Uh, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't see them. Why? Because I wasn't there for any of them. Oh, you mean you got the title. You didn't take on the role. You got the title. I'm their mom. I'm their grandmom. I'm their dad. I'm their thi- I'm this. I'm The title doesn't make you doesn't help you grow up at all. The fact that you have the title, the fact that you're old, the fact that you have lots of children doesn't help you to grow up. What helps you to grow up is when you don't care about the title, you only care about the role. And that role is defined not by you, but by God. So, here's the question. Now we can do some application. That's our lesson for today. That's the beginning piece. The beginning piece, when you interact with your world and you're wondering why people are acting like children, ask yourself, does that politician accept his role and the responsibilities that come with it? Or does he just love the title? Does that police officer accept the role and the responsibilities or just the title? You can go all across, right? And the same thing for you. So we're going to do it personally for, our, for us here just for a little bit. Do you, Dad, accept the role and responsibility that comes with it. If you're a dad, do you? Mom, it's Mother's Day. Do you accept that role? Or do you keep trying to be an adult and be a kid at the same time? Do you keep looking back? It's really popular in our culture. To live in both worlds. And the reason that you live in both worlds is because you've never actually accepted God's role that he has, he has given you on his terms. I love sports. I loved sports. I got to be honest, I hated working out, so I didn't do that thing. But I love sports. <laughs> I loved of all the sports, I love football the most. I, I love practice as much as I love the games. That's how much I love football. I loved running into someone else. I loved someone else running into me. I, I loved football. It, it was very much, especially when that season was on. That's what I lived for. I loved everything about it. And so it was the end of my junior year that uh, Lori got pregnant. I still don't know how it happened. I don't even know why she called me. And so, <laughs> so then, <laughs> only half of you like the joke. That's too bad. <laughs> so, 
So then coming into the next year, it's my senior year. And um, there was a couple things that happened in that time. There's one major thing that happened in that time, which was about six months to maybe, I, I don't know if it was four, four to six months. Um, my dad came down with stomach cancer. And so I was the oldest son still around home. I was actually working for him at the time. And so I took on the role of the leader of the farm. It became my farm to run for dad. And then football season came. And it was August, and that's when practice starts. And I remember when Tim Perry, I, I think it was Joe Mason, I can't remember the other guy, but three guys, they came over, and I was working. and said, hey, can we talk to you? I said, yeah. And they walked me through how great the year was going to be, but they needed me to be there. Now, I went to a small school, and so that allowed me to be, like, good in the school. Does that make sense? You get a small enough team, you can be good. And I was, I was a major player for that little team. And they... They said, listen, you, you, you need to play. You need to, and I remember how badly I wanted to say yes. But it was super clear because Christopher had been born by then. Right? So it was, I, I had accepted that role from God, defined by God. I had accepted the role that the farm was now my responsibility. From God, defined by God. It made it so clear. Not easy. It didn't feel good. But it made it super clear. No, I can't play football. I've got God-given responsibilities to fulfill. So, in life, have you decided? Have you said yes to God? About the role He has given to you? Have you said yes to defining that role God's way? This is what God says it means to be a dad. This is what God says it means to be a friend. This is what God says it means to be a mom. And do you live your life answering to God for the way you fulfill that role? Which is... Uh, Before we jump into that, I want to uh, let you watch a little video. It's about moms again. But I want you to see, and I want you to ask yourself, how does a person go from being a teenager to talking like this? I'm so bored. I wish I had something to do. <sighs> Thanks for letting me sleep in, kids. If you make a mess in the kitchen, please let me know so I can clean it up. Raising kids is so easy. I just love driving around all day. Oh, I never have to repeat myself. They always listen so carefully. Oh, look, an empty box of cereal. Love it. Just wipe it on your sleeve. It's pretty cold, but you don't need a coat. Oh, you don't have to push in your chair. Don't make your bed. You're just going to sleep in it again later. I think I'll skip the coffee today. You know, these throw pillows look way better on the floor. I'm really not that busy. Well, you haven't showered in three days, but I think you smell great. We do have food at home, but 
Let's just go out to eat. Just brush your teeth whenever you feel like it. Here, take my phone charger and go put it in your room. <laughs> oh, just leave your dirty dishes on the counter. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's all pull out our phones. Youth sports are so cheap. Braces are so cheap. School fees are so cheap. Hey, can you come crawl in bed with me around 2 a.m.? Thanks. Okay, I just spent two hours making dinner, but if you don't like it, that's fine. Just let me know and I'll make you something else. Don't even bother looking for that. I'm sure it's lost and gone forever. Can somebody please throw something at my head? I mean, I can keep track of every single one of your things. I get a ton of sleep. I get a ton of gratitude from my children. I get a ton of unsolicited help with the housework. Oh, you don't have to hurry up. We're gonna be right on time. Can someone please throw something at the TV? Thanks for doing the laundry, everyone. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you use your outside voice? Ah! Fight, fight, fight! Ah! The floor of this vehicle is so clean, I can't believe it. Oh, good. Another trip to the grocery store today. Let's go. Somebody want to come use the bathroom while I'm in here? How's that happen? It's really simple. They say yes to the role they've been given. It changes everything. It changes the way you look at life. It changes everything. So number two, who do you answer to? Who do you answer to? Do you answer to the 13-year-old you? Do you still talk to yourself the same way you did when you were 13? Do you measure life the same way you did when you were 13? Me, me, me. Or maybe it's others. You, you, you have the voices of parents, extended family, friends, stuff you see on social media. Is that who you answer to? If you do, you're miserable. Or you're going to be miserable. Or do you answer to God? Is, is he the one who defines the role? It's an amazing thing that happens, guys. We live in a world that thinks adulthood is super hard. Adulting is very confusing. No, it's not. It is not. When you accept the role that God gives you and you go, okay, God, define the role for me. Life is not that complicated. It's pretty straightforward. Then lastly, who do you love? Who do you love? Do you find it very difficult to give your whole heart, soul, strength, mind to something? Do you find yourself having to be a parent, having to be a mom, having to be a friend? That's all the stuff I have to do. That's the view, isn't it? Isn't it the view that if you become an adult, there's all these things you have to do? Well, if you love yourself, that's true. But if you love God, that's not true at all. You know what's amazing about loving God? He loves you more than you love him. This responsibility you have, this role that you've taken on, he loves those people more than you do. 
It makes, when you love God first, it makes loving other people a delight. An incredible delight. You've been told, I've been told, I'm guessing you've been told the same thing. Greatest, year, greatest four years of your life. It used to be high school, now it's college. Pretty soon it'll be like the three years out of college. <laughs> you've been told the greatest years of your life are the first 18 years, man. You better get something out of them. Now it's like 28 or 30, right? Those first years, they're everything. And then you're told, and when you retire. Right? When you retire, it's going to be great. It'll be awesome when you retire. But all these adult years in between, oh man, they're tough. They're hard. They're, that is not true. You've been lied to. That's only true if you never say yes to the amazing role and the amazing definition of that role that God has for you. That's only true if you try to fulfill that role from your own strength and not out of your love for God. It's, an, it's awesome. It's amazing. But, but doesn't responsibility bring stress? Don't we think and know and believe that it's true that all this responsibility, all these roles, don't they bring stress? Isn't the whole goal of life is to go on a continual vacation which is like Neverland, right? Well, I'll answer that next week, so make sure you come back <laughs> next week. Let's pray. Dear my Father, I love this family, and you love them way more than I do. And Lord, what you've done in my life is, it's unbelievable. How you took that day when I got that call from Lori, and you've used it in my life. How along the way you've shown me grace on top of grace on top of grace. how you've shown me and Lori and so many of us the greatest years are spent loving you and that in those situations even if circumstances stink there's joy and power and strength connection and meaning and Lord I want to pray for our church that as we work through this series, Lord, would you open our eyes to these simple truths. And I want to pray for those this morning who as we, we talked about this, the light came on in your life. It, it became clear. You keep trying to live in both worlds. You keep trying to do the responsibilities of an adult while being a child going back to being a child. Jesus, give them the conviction, the power to come clean with you. To accept you, your role, 
on your terms and then to do it from love from you. Lord, you're so good. Your word is so good. The principles are so amazing. They're so true. We are very, very grateful. In your name we pray. Amen. We're about to jump into this song, and as we do, Mom, I want you to know, you have been called to an incredible role. It is defined by God throughout his word. And I want to encourage you, many of you love God, but you've never thought of the reason why I'm parenting is I love God. It's from my love for God that I do this. It's not the title. It's not people's expectations. It's not my own value. I love God. And from there, I love being a mom. We love you being a mom. So as we sing this, just let God love you.